The Word of God for us this morning is written in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 to 24. You have come to Mount Zion, heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in festal, in joyful assembly, to the church of the newborn, whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to this blood for sprinkling that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may show forth your praise. Amen. Access. Access denied. Restricted access. Staff access only. No public access. Such notices confront us all over the place. In computers and on documents, on buildings and on mining sites. They remind us that we do not always have access to all places. Access is often a matter of privilege rather than of right. This applies most of all to people. Only my wife has access to me as her husband. Only my children have access to me as their father and to our home. My children, my students, have access to me as their teacher. You see, access to people is always restricted. No one ever has the right of open, unrestricted access to another person. It's always a privilege, something granted, which can never be taken for granted. Now, amazingly, the letter to the Hebrews this morning tells you that you have unrestricted access to God the Father in heaven right here and now. Here heaven breaks in on each one of you earthlings. You have access to heaven right here in this place of worship. Here you join a heavenly assembly engaged in heavenly worship. But all this is hidden from the naked eye. It's a matter of mystery, a great and wonderful mystery, which God's Word discloses to you this morning. Apart from His Word, you would never discover what's described in this text, or you would never experience the riches of this mystery. This mystery involve, has seven parts to it and involves seven invisible realities. First of all, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem. I don't know whether you realize it, but you are now, right now, in two different places at one and the same time. On the one hand, you're gathered together in this congregation here in St. John's Lutheran Church in Wheaton. 
And there's nothing special about this place, except this is where you hear the Word of God and receive the Holy Sacrament. On the other hand, you are also in heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God, a city which is not located here on earth, like the city of Chicago, even though you have access to it here on earth. Now you may remember that when that Solomon built his temple on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. There, in the Holy of Holies, heaven overlapped with earth. Only the high priest had access to that most holy of all holy places once a year on the Day of Atonement. But you have not gathered there in that temple and you have not got access to that most holy place, when you came to church here this morning, you entered heaven itself. Or rather, as you come to communion this morning, you enter heaven itself. You are now in the city of the living God, where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit reside. Here you have access to the heavenly presence of God. By faith you enter the heavenly realm without leaving planet Earth. And here you join together in the performance of the heavenly liturgy. Number two, you've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in festal assembly. You're not just surrounded by other human beings as you worship here this morning. You're surrounded on all sides by thousands upon thousands of angels and archangels, more than you can count. These angels are liturgizing spirits. Their main occupation is performance of the heavenly liturgy in the presence of God the Father. They gather with us here in this festal assembly, this feast, to praise the risen Lord Jesus. They tell us of God's glory. They tell us of God's holiness. And amazingly, they invite you and me to join with them as we stand before God the Father, to join with them in singing praises. They help us to adore and to glorify the triune God. Uh, like them, we are holy and we stand together with them singing glory to God in the highest and holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts. They act as a kind of spiritual choir, an invisible choir, an inaudible choir that assists us in our praises. We therefore join with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven as we adore and magnify the living God in Holy Communion this morning. Third, you've come to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. Here in heavenly Jerusalem, you're part of a huge assembly, a supernatural congregation that joins this congregation with all congregations of all God's people around the whole world. 
all those people assemble as we do in the same place. Not the same earthly place, but the same heavenly place, the same invisible place in the presence of the triune God. So when you worship here, you never worship by yourselves. You gather together with all believers all over the world. You worship together with them no matter how far you may be separated from them by time and space. As members of the assembly, the church in heavenly Jerusalem, you have a special status, a unique status, a wonderful status. On the one hand, you are citizens of heaven without giving up your citizenship in the USA. The triune God is your king, and you enjoy all the rights and all the privileges of citizenship in that royal city. You live a heavenly life already now here on earth. On the other hand, you have the status of God's firstborn son. You may remember that in the ancient world, the firstborn son inherited the property of his father and the position of his father. He alone had the right to that. Well, since Jesus is God's firstborn son, his one and only son, he alone is God's heir. But he has most wonderfully and gener generously shared his position and his status with you in your baptism. Each of you, therefore, has the same status as Jesus. You all stand to inherit everything that belongs to Jesus. And the good news is that you don't have to wait until you die before you enter into that inheritance, before you receive that inheritance. In fact, you're here today, this morning, with all the other members of God's royal family to receive and enjoy your common spiritual inheritance. You are therefore far more privileged. You are far richer spiritually than you could ever imagine. Everything that is Christ's is yours for the asking, is yours for the receiving. Third, you've come to God, the judge of all. Here in heavenly Jerusalem, you meet with God, the divine judge, the judge of every single human being. Here there's no escaping from his judgment. Now that should be enough to scare off the brightest and bravest and the best of you, because you all know that you've sinned and fall short of what God requires of you. Look, it's bad enough to have to face God on Judgment Day. Who of us, in our rightful minds, would care to face God before we had to on that great day? But God is here as a judge with a difference. He's here, He's not here to disapprove of you, to belittle you and diminish you, to reject you as worthless and useless, ugly and unacceptable. No, he comes here today 
and He reaches out to you to free you from the burden of guilt and to undo the awful fallout from sin in your life. He comes to pardon you, to free you, to release you, as He did at the beginning of this service when He spoke the word of absolution to you. You therefore have no reason to be afraid of contact with Him as you enter the sanctuary this morning. You don't have to wait until you die before you discover where you stand with God. You can settle your accounts with Him here and now so that you need no longer fear His judgment and His condemnation. So why live evasively with a bad conscience and the fear of eventual punishment? Welcome God's gracious judgment and receive His pardon now, the pardon that opens the door to heaven for you. You've come to the spirits of righteous, made perfect, number five. This refers to the Christians who've lived and died before you, the communion of saints, people like your father, grand, uh, your father or mother who are now dead, your grandparents, all your spiritual ancestors, the faithful who've gone before you and have passed on the faith to you. Imagine yourselves this morning as runners in a relay race. The Christians who've gone before you and who've left this life have run in the race before you began to run the race. They passed on the baton that they received to you, the baton of faith. And they now sit as in a stadium all around us and they urge us on as we run our lap in the race and they wait for us and all people who come after us to finish the race so that we can all celebrate at the end of the race. They have arrived there, but we are still running. And for many of us, it's still a long race to go. Now, even though you are separated physically from these people by death, you are still linked with them spiritually through Jesus and His most holy body and blood. Jesus keeps you in touch with them and uh, them in touch with you as you come to Holy Communion. You may therefore properly remember your loved ones at the Lord's table rather than at a cemetery. You may remember them this morning. They surround you, says the writer to the Hebrews, like a cloud, invisibly, and they encourage you and support you as you run your race. Number six, you've come to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant. Heavenly worship, worship in the heavenly city and heavenly Jerusalem centers on the risen and ascended, glorified Lord Jesus. He is the key to your involvement in all this. Without Him, you would remain earthbound and without access to the heavenly realm this morning. 
but he has bridged the great gap between heaven and earth by his life and death, his resurrection and ascension. And he now is with us as our great high priest, our mediator in the heavenly sanctuary. He links you with all the angels and archangels. He links you with Christians all over the world. He links you with the communion of saints who've gone before us. He links you with your heavenly Father. So your position, your status, your involvement in the heavenly liturgy depends on him and his gracious presence with us here in this place. Jesus as our great high priest, has set up a new covenant for us by the institution of Holy Communion in which he reaches out to us and gives us his most holy and precious body and blood. In his Holy Supper, he reaches out to you earthlings and joins you wherever you happen to be here on earth. He gives himself entirely to you and becomes part of your very bodies, he unites himself to you intimately and inseparably. And here, he is the one who leads us in this service. He acts as our liturgist, our high priest. Not only does he bring the gifts of God the Father, all the gifts of the Spirit to us, but he in turn leads us in our prayers and praises to God the Father. We can therefore, this morning, approach God the Father through Jesus, together with Jesus, standing as it were in the shoes of Jesus as we come up these steps into the sanctuary, the sanctuary that represents heaven here on earth. In the divine service, he comes to you here in this place, so that you can be with him in the presence of his holy heavenly Father. My dear fellow saints, what could be more wonderful than that? Last, you've come to the blood for sprinkling that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Speaking blood. What a surprise, the heart of Christian worship is not just the presence of the risen Lord Jesus, that's what I would expect. No, it's the gift of the most holy and precious blood of Jesus to you in the sacrament this morning. You see, it's only through his blood that you have access to heaven here on earth. It's only through his blood that you're joined with the angels. It's only through his blood that you're linked with Christians, every Christian congregation around the world this morning. It's only through his blood that you can stand before God the judge, unafraid. It's only through his blood that you're linked with all the faithful who've departed and left this life before you. It's only through his blood that you can meet with Jesus and interact with him this morning. In the Old Testament, only the priests were allowed to approach God in the temple. Only the priests were allowed to officiate in the divine service. But before they could do that, 
they had to have they had to be sprinkled with blood the blood that was taken from the altar and sprinkled on them at their ordination in order to cleanse them from all impurity and to make them holy so that they could stand in the presence of a holy God in this way God shared his holiness with them he covered them with his holiness they could approach God only as long as they remained clean and holy in heavenly Jerusalem you can do what no priest ever did in the Old Testament you can go where no priest ever went why because Jesus has sprinkled you with his blood he hasn't just sprinkled your bodies with his blood but he's sprinkled your hearts your conscience and how does he do this he does it this morning by giving you his most holy blood to drink in holy communion and that blood speaks something good to you it doesn't speak of vengeance or banishment as the blood of Abel did to his brother who had murdered him no it speaks of grace and pardon acceptance and rejoicing by giving you his blood to drink Jesus cleanses you from all the bad things that have happened to you all the bad things that you have done through his blood he shares his own purity with you he shares his holiness with you he makes you as holy as he is holy can you imagine that he makes you holy through and through his blood consecrates you so that you can serve him as part of his holy priesthood this morning and in the coming week you can therefore approach God the Father boldly and confidently without fear because you have had your hearts your conscience sprinkled with the blood of Jesus the blood that speaks forgiveness and cleansing and pardon and blessing to you now this access to God in heaven makes you citizens of heaven you are holy people who are called to live heavenly lives on earth this coming week wherever you go the triune God goes with you you take God with you Father Son and Holy Spirit in your bodies to every single place that you go this coming week wherever you happen to be you have access to the presence and grace of God the Father you are holy people because you are involved here and now in the heavenly liturgy together with Jesus and all the angels and that makes you far more significant much more important people than you could ever imagine treasure that privilege and live as in God's presence as you leave this holy place and as you go about your business this coming week be holy as Christ has made you holy to him be glory forever and ever amen, amen. and the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus amen, amen.